Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's April the 14th and today we're going to be looking at the theme of Poland. On this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 966 and the foundation of the Polish state after Mieszko married the Dubraka of Bohemia. The marriage was the result of an alliance between Miesko and Boleslav the Cruel, the Duke of Bohemia, and it cemented a Polish-Bohemian relationship which continued even after Dubravka's death. There is a lot of debate about the influence of Dubravka, but the 12th century chronicler Gallus Anonymous says that she had arrived in Poland surrounded by secular and religious dignitaries and only agreed to marry Miesko, providing that he was baptised. The Polish ruler accepted and Dubravka began to establish churches including the Holy Trinity and St. Witch churches in Gniezno and the Church of the Virgin Mary in Poznan. The Slavic tribes who had settled in the territory of modern Poland had migrated to the region in the 6th century and are known as the Lechite tribes. They were polytheistic pagans and they worshipped a pantheon of numerous deities such as Perun, the god of lightning. Sadly, there is limited archaeological evidence but historians believe that a common Slavic mythology existed between all the branches. The bulk of the population converted to Christianity in the course of the next few centuries, with the Polish rulers accepting Western Christianity in the religious authority of the Roman Church, and that this had a unifying effect leading to less tribal wars and a common national identity. In the year 1000, Boleslav the Brave, continuing the policy of his father, held a meeting that created the Diocese of Krakow and Roslav, amongst others. However, the transition from polytheism was not a smooth and instantaneous process and there was a significant pagan reaction in the 1030s. Slowly Poland began to form into a recognisable unitary and territorial entity around the middle of the 10th century under the Piast dynasty. The conversion of pagan rulers through the influence of women had become a common dynamic underpinning the spread of the church. In England, when St. Augustine and his companions had arrived from Rome, they received permission by the King of Kent, Ethelbert, to reside in his kingdom and were given a place to live in his principal city, Canterbury. Ethelbert's willingness to accept this group of monks was probably due to the fact that his wife was a Christian from the royal house in Paris who worshipped along with the priest at a small Roman built church 
outside the city walls. Ethelbert himself converted to Christianity a few years later, and this led to numerous other conversions as well. An old Roman church, restored by the monks, became the first true cathedral at Canterbury. And Ethelbert's daughter married Edwin, the king of Northumbria, and moved north and took with her a monk, who two years later succeeded in converting the king, his entourage and other members of the community. This led to the famous Council of Whitby, and you can hear the pod of March 20th to find out more about that. Married women were involved in the spread of early Christianity. Jesus used the image of marriage and the family to teach basics about the kingdom of God. He inaugurated his ministry by blessing the wedding feast at Cana. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he set forth a new commandment concerning marriage, teaching that lustful looking constituted adultery. Superseding the Mosaic law, which allowed divorce, he gave marriage more security for women. Amidst the widespread patriarchal views of Greco-Roman and Jewish society, Christianity at first espoused a more egalitarian attitude. Jesus and then St. Paul advocated for equality of God's children and supported a woman's ability to make their own choices in her relationship with God. The overall effect of this egalitarianism was that it attracted women to Christianity in their droves. And their substantial membership meant that married women were key protagonists in the Pauline communities that were established around the Mediterranean. In the year 251, right at the time of a vicious persecution by the Roman Emperor Decius, we have a register of the church at Rome with over 1,500 widows on the roster of the church at Rome, women who are being taken care of by the church. And the church had become, in a lot of ways, a new kind of social welfare agency in the Roman Empire. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Please subscribe and leave a comment on the blog if you have time. And join us tomorrow if you can, as we look at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, began in post-apartheid South Africa, inspired by an Anglican Archbishop. If you want to visit the blog or commission a podcast for your own organisation, then visit the website for more information at www.pogb.net. And if you'd like to respond directly, then email the show on pogppod.net at gmail.com Have a lovely day wherever you are and thanks for listening.